Ace Podcast. He turned just in time to see her enter the room. With her long, slender legs, they climbed high up a skirt, leading to two Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Ryan from the NewsDeadWorld.net. Joining my co-host Martin. How's it going? And uh, we're back again with another 90s slasher film. To uh, basically to round out our 90s slasher month. This is part four. Um, This is the last in the announced 90s slasher films that we, 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 you know, set at the start of this adventure. Um, But we've... We do have one secret one coming at you next week. Um, it's gonna be a doozy. That's right. It's gonna be a little, little. We we talked. At least hope it is. And and the we we have talked about the film that we're doing on the podcast before, saying that we'd like to do it. So that's you know that's a little clue. So if you go back, that's a bunch of movies though. That's true. Yeah, but if you go back and you kind of do some digging, you could figure out what we're talking about because we need an archivalist. Yeah, somebody who like spends the time like yeah, pointing it, out everything. This is, I mean, when you go back, this is a film that is a slasher film from the late '90s, like we've been doing, and you can we did talk about it. So I think that pretty much narrows it down. If you were to go back through, um, I be, I want to say the probably the first time we talked about doing it might have been during Halloween last this year, Halloween 2016, when we were doing Saw, the Saw series. I feel like we said something about this film, so. Um, It'd be interesting to see if anyone. Yeah, go back, go back and uh, try to figure out what we've got and take a guess. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or um, wherever else you know you have access to us. You can email us at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail Let us know what you think the uh, secret episode for ninety slasher month is. Uh, but enough about that. That's for next week. Um, today we've got the uh, great esteemed. Um, Sequel in the Halloween franchise, Halloween H2O. 20 years later. That's right. That, you gotta, you gotta admit, that's, it's kind of clever. Halloween H2O. It's, you're right. It's not clever because why would there ever be like Halloween water? They're not, no, I don't know really where, like where someone came up with, you know, let's do H2O because that'll be, well, it'll be intriguing. Is Is it better than the. It is better than the proposed title, which was what Halloween Seven: The Revenge the, of Laurie Strode, which just is terrible. When you watch the film and you think about that, could have been the name of it. It's a it's a horrible idea, and it's a good decision that they cut that because and that's a I mouthful too, right? Well, I understand what they were doing with that. They were kind of doing a reversal, Revenge of Michael Myers, but at the same time, it does it just doesn't work because you have. In this film, you're supposed to feel tension as Laurie runs away from Michael Myers. The whole the whole concept of this film is to see Laurie grown up, 
you know, kind of over the events of Halloween, it's 20 years later, Michael's supposedly dead, um, and she's supposed to be getting back to her normal life. She's trying to get back to her normal life. She's a headmistress at a, at a high school, a private institution. Her, she's raising a son. In California. In California. She's moved away from, from her hometown. And she's, she's trying to start a new life. So why would it be, from the, from the outset, why would you do the revenge of Laurie Strode giving away the entirety of the rest of the film? Because at that point, you know it's the revenge of Laurie Strode. You have no concerns for her well-being whatsoever. It's revenge. So if she's being chased by Michael Myers, you don't really think, like, well, she's in any danger. Because where's the revenge take place? If if she's eventually killed off here, what kind of revenge would that be? It doesn't... The revenge would be, ha, now everyone's dead in the family, Michael. Take that. What are you going to do now? Yeah, what, what, you have no purpose in life. <laughs> you might as well just, like, go... And then you're going to see at the end, like, postcards, Michael Myers is at a bar. Very depressed, down just and out, hunched over, yeah, like kind of like, like, tr- like, like, like grunting at the bartender, and he like pours him like another like glass of whiskey, and he's like, "What's eating you, buddy?" It's kind of like those stories where you have the villain who supposedly like vanquishes his hero, the hero, yeah. and then he's kind of like, "Well, what do I do now? now? What do I do?" Or you have the hero whose ultimate arch nemesis is gone. They're like questioning their life now. Like, well, what's left for me? That was it. What's that was my, my purpose. Yeah, that was my purpose, and now it's now it's gone. Yeah, th- that would be the same thing with my. I think that's an in- now that's an interesting uh, sequel, an interesting slasher film because w- at that point now, what does Michael do? Does he just become like this regular serial killer, <laughs> or does he find a new family? Gets a he gets a job. <laughs> yeah. Does he? He maybe he. Uh, I think what he does Gets is he... Gets a job, wife has, has kids, you know. And or... And it, but he lives his life with just the William Shatner mask on the entire time. <laughs> that, that would be pretty funny, like going to work. Like Michael, I told you, you can't yeah. come to work with the the William Shatner mask anymore. Yeah, but it's, it's a rarity now. Yeah. I mean, who has a William Shatner mask? Yeah. It's true. Um, But, like I said, that's a stupid name. So I'm glad they did not go with that. This is a stupid movie. But it is a stupid movie. Um, I'll admit that I I never have really had a fondness for Halloween H2O. Saw it a while back. And I've seen it a couple times here and there. Uh, especially when it's on TV. But I've never really had that fondness for Halloween H2O like we did with Urban Legend. Which, I mean, I would say that that was a fondness in a nostalgic sense. Where I look back and I was like, yeah, I watched that quite a bit when I was younger. It used to be on. And, you know, it was a fun oh. time. In Halloween H2O, there was never really that point where... I used to think H2O was much better than Resurrection. I'm having serious doubts Absolutely. Now. I mean, or, and even when you think of, like, Halloween 6, I'm not yeah. really sure which one's the better one at this point. All three of those, really. Halloween 6, Halloween H2O, Halloween right. Resurrection. Like, wh- which I mean, one I, is I, better I, than I, the I other? I remember Resurrection being really bad like even yeah, as but a at kid, the same time like, it's pretty fun i know no it is pretty fun and the idea and the whole premise i will say is really good and unique especially in 2002 you know the whole reality tv bit yeah way ahead of its time so looking back and i was like yeah that's pretty clever but h2o does nothing nothing mm. to celebrate and like be like an ode to the franchise like, this was the opportunity after fucking Halloween 6 to be like, alright, rolling back to the whiteboard. We're gonna... We're gonna do something here really special. Like, with New Nightmare. 
Right, exactly. I and think they and they don't do it. They totally fuck it up. The intention with Halloween H2O, and that's made apparent kind of when you look at the production behind it, was that it was supposed to be um, a reuniting of the people who made Halloween and all the cast and crew behind that, getting John Carpenter back, Jamie Lee Curtis reprising a role. Um, and what you end up getting is nothing like what the announced idea was about. Um, it, at this point, you almost don't even, first of all, you could replace Michael Myers and you could replace the Halloween name and you got a completely generic slasher film. You, you don't, you don't even need those aspects of it. And it's just complete generic slasher film. Put a different mask on and call it something else. And that's it. You've, you've got a, a entirely different film. And as we'll talk about later on, which we won't get into in too much detail right now in the intro, um, it just, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work in the way that the early Halloween, the first two Halloweens did. And even sometimes like in the sequels, four and five, at least, you know, four and five are not considered very good films, but at least they, they are entertaining. They have Halloween in them. Like the, the actual festivities surrounding Halloween are in there. Um, which is not the case at all with Halloween H2O and, you know, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit. I don't want to get too, all too I can, bogged uh, all, down yeah. in that. But all I can say is, after watching this, you can tell this is uh, uh you can tell like this is just like all right, just do scream. Yeah, but let's put you know, yeah exactly uh, yeah something up. something like that something like you know scream or you know it was even then though if if they were trying to copy scream they they really didn't do a good job and no I know just, but but again it's it's mirror man it's mirror man yeah so. and I mean just getting Kevin Williamson's name attached and a couple writing a couple bits of dialogue does not make it scream you know what I mean it's not I don't know it's just they they just. It, it all around, it's just not a very successful film, which we'll talk about a little bit later. First, let's take a break um, and let's let's do some beer talk because we we do have a new beer on tap today. Yeah, I don't think we've brought it up on the podcast before. No, so we'll talk about that right after this commercial break. It's Kevin and Jesse from Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Every episode, we discuss the latest news on Trump, Congress, and everything else in politics. With experience in Congress, on the campaign trail, and lobbying, we bring you an unbiased look at the state of our union. You may or may not agree with our politics, but I think you're going to like us. Grab them by the pod. You know you want to. All right, so today we've got uh, a beer that we've never had before. I don't think we've ever had this. um... Oh, we've had it before. We have? Not on the podcast. No, yeah, not on the podcast. We've never had had this brand (laughs) before on the podcast. No, I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Um, we have Leinenkugels, which, Leinenkugels. if you don't know how to say it, the pronunciation is on the can. Leinenkugels. Well, you know. It says it right there. It says it's it's pronounced for you. Some areas just don't have a Native American name. Yeah, they just, they, they, they can't, they can't work through it, which. That's what I love about, like, people from downstate in New York, and they come up around in the Adirondacks having to say certain, uh. Like Mohawk and Iroquois, like towns and names, and like the Cateraceras Creek. Yeah, it's like Cateraceras. When you look at that, looks intimidating. The word looks intimidating. Skinny Atlas. Yeah, Schenectady. And Lining Kugels looks intimidating too, 
But it's pretty easy to figure out how the, the word. I would think so. I, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine many people would have an issue with that. I mean, it's not, it's not. Lion Google, it almost like looks German. Yeah, no, as I was saying, to be fair, um, Lion Kugels isn't from New York, so. No, it's, it's not. not. So it's not like it's a, around here, like an Iroquois It's uh, uh, thing. from Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin, actually. Chippewa, Wisconsin. Yeah. So <laughs> that which that, that would be one that would probably throw people out, like Chippewa. Chippewa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Lightning Kugels makes a number of different shandies. They have different beers, but they're mainly known for their shandies. They're mainly known for their shandies. And uh, the one that we have is their pretty much their classic beer, their classic summer shandy, which is a lemon shandy. Um, and it it's very prevalent around this area. Um, we always have Lightning Kugels. And I think they also, not only do they do like the summer shandy, but they do a summer pack where you get kind of like a berry shandy and you get... Usually it has like watermelon, orange, lemon. Yeah. And then like, uh, yeah, like a ber- like some kind of berry shandy. A very I know in, like in the winter they do like a uh, cranberry ginger shandy, which yep. I like that a lot. Yeah. They do in the fall like a pumpkin shandy. Not... I wouldn't no, really go not out, gonna my way go out of my way to get that one. Try that one no. just because I'm kind of iffy on it. Yeah, I don't. Not a huge fan of pumpkin. I like pumpkin beers, but I just find it. Like, I still have a pumpkin ale from two years ago in my fridge. Ooh, that's good. Probably should just pour it. it. Not only is it a pumpkin beer, but it's Magic Cat too. You should <laughs> just, <laughs> just throw, it, throw it out. Just throw it out. I hate to do that to. I beer. wonder if they get like uh, Magic Cat just gets random people walking by their brewery every day going like, "You suck." <laughs> I don't know. I just have never been a fan of Magic Your Your number nine is terrible. The only one that I really do like from Magic it's Hex. Is the Hex, yeah. 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 No, because I agree. Same, same yeah, it's, it's the best. And but they don't even make it anymore. Yeah, they do. I have not seen it in one of their yeah, packs in forever. They make it. It may not have been included in their last uh, Night of the Living Dead pack, but they do make it. Sometimes it just comes out as a random 12-pack. Like, full of Hex. I haven't seen it since we first got, like, four years ago. I, I do love the Hex, though. That's But but that's neither here nor there. That's for the... That's for an October... Eh, you know, that would have been perfect, though, to somehow land in Oktoberfest for this episode. Because here we are. It's <laughs> uh, late May. It's been 70 degrees out today. Very nice... It, well, when we were watching the film and stuff, it was nice and sunny out. We barbecued. Had some hot dogs outside on the grill... And then we come in and we watch Halloween H2O with a summer shandy. It's, they don't really go together very well, it's I guess. It's like a juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. And, and even me, I love Halloween. I had a difficult time getting into Halloween H2O. I was like, ooh, you know, it's not not really the season for it, I guess. But And I guess the summer shandy doesn't help either. But I do like a summer shandy. Um, I do have preferences with summer shandies. I don't like the the lemonade flavor to come out too strong mm-hmm. because then my favorite word can be a little bit cloying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not a huge fan of it, like when it when the lemon comes out too much. But I think Lineukuhus really has this down. They really understand the balance between the lemon and the lemonade in the, the, beer, lemonade yeah. in the beer. There's a, a good balance there, and I think they do one of the best shandies that I've had. Yeah, it's probably like probably one of my gener- uh, favorite, uh, just like like a standard sh- shandy. Um, I I like Lion Kugels a lot actually. Um, the summer shandy is definitely not my favorite because when it comes to a shandy, I do kind of like um, 
a little bit more different taste. Like I said, I, lo I love the cranberry ginger one. I love the orange. I love like the berry shan the mixed berry shandy. So I mean, I do I do enjoy this and like it, but I do like the other kind of different fruitier yeah. uh, options. Out Just there. a little bit of a change up. Yeah. Yeah. But this is this is great. I would drink this so much more than like a, just a standard like summer ale. Yeah. Like to me this is it's lighter, it's more crisp and refreshing, and it's got a better balance between like the beer and the lemon citrus that other summer most summer ales try to go for. Yeah, and I and think I'm, and mainly when I'm saying that I'm thinking like Sam Am summer ale that's already getting shoved down. I I think with the summer ales when they come out, they are more of a they have a lemon citrus flavor to them, um, but they don't. There's nothing that stands out about them, um, and in that case, the lemon doesn't really come out. Like the citrus, mm. it's not really Prominent. pronounced. Yeah, and in a line and coolest case with the summer shandy, you do get that lemonade flavor. Like I said, I don't want too much of it, but you also you also very much get the beer flavor, and I, I like that. I think I do prefer a summer shandy over a summer ale. Too often, summer ales are just very middle of the road, just not very interesting. Um, I, I, so I think summer ales are probably my least favorite of the seasonals. Like when you get you know, a summer ale, you get the Oktoberfest, you get a winter ale, and then you have some sort of spring, which is normally on the hoppier end of it. IPAs or yeah, uh, something, something like experimental. Little, like, um, little uh, bitter, you know. So... I think summer ale is probably my least favorite. I do like a summer ale with a little bit of hop flavor to it, something like that. Um, and I think that some some places make a good summer ale that really just borders on pale ale territory. Mm -hmm. um, but the traditional summer ales are not really my thing. Um, with that said, I think Line and Kugels does a really good job with the summer shandy and probably more so than some of the other... Uh, so-called craft breweries. I mean, when we were talking they're, like... They're owned by uh, Miller Coors. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we're, when we're talking like Sam Adams, which isn't even really a craft brewery at this point, um, they make a shandy as well. It's called the Porch Rocker. And it, that one's not my favorite. I, I think that one's on the lower end of uh, a shandy. I like it, but it's definitely more on the sweet side. Yeah, it's it is. Very, yes. You get a very lemonade taste to it. Yeah, and I... I'm, um, at first, like, the first time I had it, I loved it. I thought it was great, but the more and more I had it, I'm like, mm, you know, it's very... Yeah. Cloying. It's yeah, very... There's it. too much lemonade in there. That yeah, you just, don't really get any beer out of it. It's just like, I'm just drinking. Yeah. I might as well just be sipping on lemonade instead yep. of... Yeah, so... Um, probably most people have encountered Line and Kugels or seen it and uh, definitely give the Summer Shandy a recommendation. Um... Especially if you're looking for something easy to drink. It's only 4.2%. Very, 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 very easy. easy. Uh, fairly cheap, too, because it, it is owned by um, Miller, Coors. Miller Coors. And, uh, you you know, it's not on the high end of uh, pricing. Um, so 12-pack, what? What did that run you? 1787 with tax and the pot. Really? So that was expensive for... When was that at grocery stores at the... Exactly. One of the beer stores. So, so you got a, a beer bit, store. So it was up, little, up yeah, sale. A little bit more. Yeah, up sale a little bit. But if you if you were like to find it on sale in a grocery store or something like that. I know, like, you, like, you know, like, because you like to do that. Like Hannaford, when they're, it's on sale, it's like twelve ninety. Twelve ninety nine, which yeah. is great cheap. deal. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Same, like I said, it's like saying like a Miller Lite 12 pack. Yep. So if you haven't had Lightning Cools, 
Uh, it's perfect for, for now, like especially here in uh, New York State where it's getting warmer. Spring is kind of seceding into summer and and ours has dragged on though yeah and and we're we're kind of going through this stage where it's like hot and then cold 90s and then 50s and very awkward transitional moments but uh for the most part we're we're kind of venturing into summer territory at this point so kind of good to to have these around and enjoy a nice little refreshing brew yeah Take one of the best parts of summer is, you Take know, them out on the boat. Or having a campfire, camping. There you go. Always fun. Playing volleyball. Delightful. W- working up a sweat after you just, you know, stove for that spike and saved it. Grab yourself a line. That's right. That's and, right. You know, refresh yourself. Fuck Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. So let's move into uh, Halloween H2O territory. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back and we're going to talk about Josh Hartnett. Again. We're going to talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt getting an and billing in the credits even though he's barely in the film. We're going to talk about Adam Arkin being in this film for whatever reason he's in it for. Who? <laughs> and uh, we're going to get into... Um, LL Cool J. LL Cool J, yeah, being in it and uh, basically stealing the <laughs> pretty much the only humorous parts of the film. Uh, so stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome. To the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out the Pop Culture Cosmos show today on the Ace Podcast Network. Alright, so Halloween H2O. Not one of those films that really made an impression on me way back when. And watching it again today, not impressed with it now. Um, I think I, I probably have brewing a 45 minute rant about certain things in the film but i'm gonna let that go for right now um and we'll talk about that a little bit later but overall what do you think of the story in halloween h2o it's fucking miserable (laughs) wow don't mince words there no it's not done well at all it makes no sense it's absolutely a terrible 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 written mess You could have so easily, all you had to do, see this is like taking something and then overcomplicating it when like the simplest idea is the best idea. Mm -hmm. All you had to do is, it's 20 years later, Laurie Strode has been witness protection since the night of Halloween. And this is her family and she's dealing with the trauma of it. And then Michael Myers shows up again Mm. and starts to stalk and build the tension from there. And the film's not really focused on that at all. No, they're 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 more focused on the drama that she has with her kid, her son Josh Hartnett, and the antics that go on at the school that she teaches. That instead of just like obviously you want some kind of tension between the two mm-hmm. to show that she's not over what happened. She's still you know suffering from it, and it's been a strain on her relationship with her son and her ex husband. 
but it's so poorly done that it's like you don't feel like when Josh Hartnett's like, "That's it, I'm not, I'm not responsible for you anymore. I can't do this." You know, it's not like you don't feel for him and you don't feel for her. You're just like you're both assholes. Mm. You're both being assholes. Stop it. Well, I think what you said about um, not really focusing on Michael so much is really true in this in this case with Halloween H2O because you're right. They did muddle and complicate the story unnecessarily, adding this entire school premise to it, which you can tell is grabbed straight from, like, we need a lot of student, like, a lot of kids. Teens. We need teens. teens. Teens in this film. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, you know, somebody, a, like a producer... Was like, who, who do you got in this film? You, oh, you got like Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, well, that's kind of a given, given because you know she was in Halloween. But and and then you've like got you got Adam Arkin as her love interest. Okay, but where like well, the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like where are the where are the kids? Where are the 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 bad naughty kids that are gonna get slaughtered in this film? And then they they just kind of pushed into the film the fact that okay, this needs to be set at a school. There needs to be some sort of party like going on that shouldn't be happening where michael can come in and ruin the party which and, by the way it's not even a fucking party it's no. four it's four kids staying at staying at the yeah. school while everybody else goes to yosemite which again it's halloween so for the weekend for a field trip at this private boarding school they're going to yosemite park to camp what fucking school you just yeah you know Middle of the school year, you know, even if it's private, you know, private school. Oh, yeah, we're going to bust them all out to Yosemite for a camping trip. I know, no, nothing going on. I know, on. I would be pissed if I was going to Yosemite on Halloween. Whose idea was that? It's like, well, it's Halloween night, and let's keep them out of trouble. We're going to bust them to Yosemite. Why? No, if, no, I would tell my parents, like, don't sign that permission. No, I'm, I'm not staying, going to Yosemite. I'm staying home. Fuck that. I, I would <laughs> not be missing Halloween to ride on a bus to go to Yosemite National Park. It's not... I, and everybody's so excited about yeah. it. It's like, you're excited to be chaperoned to Yosemite National Park with like 75 of your other boarding school mates that you see every single day that now you've got to go camping with too? No, that doesn't sound fun. That sounds like a miserable <laughs> trip. Just drive the bus off the cliff. <laughs> might, as we, might as well be like National Lampoon's vacation, you know. Like, this is going to be the greatest trip, y'all. All you need is Chevy Chase. Like, we're going to have fun, damn it. Yeah, it's gonna be a family, damn it! And everybody's excited about it. I just think, but maybe everybody was just carrying loads of alcohol, loads of drugs, and they're like, "Well, I don't really care." And yeah, wild sex, wild, se- yeah, musical sleeping bags. Yeah. <laughs> wow, doesn't that sound like fun? Let's have sex in a sleeping bag. All right, like, hold on, yeah. Let's. <laughs> Especially these kids who I'm sure most of them are like, hey, how does this work? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't haven't, know. Haven't got the rhythm and flow down. It's like it's like with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. It's our first time. Where do you want to do it? <laughs> Sandy Beach. <laughs> Sandy Beach. Yeah, it's her first time. Where do you want to do it? Um, rough ground, rocks, <laughs> under, rocks underneath the sleeping bag. Uh, no, my, pi- no pillow. My pubes got stuck in the zipper. Fucking mosquitoes <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, all around. I'm not really sure where the whole camping trip storyline came from on Halloween, but it also <laughs> seems like a lot of the time, whoever wrote the screenplay, which is very, it. I mean, I think there was a problematic uh, <laughs> screenplay writing anyways because it was shared between, the credits are shared between Robert Zappia and my, Matt Greenberg, but even so, Kevin Williamson was pulled in to, to write a lot of this dialogue. So I think that there's 
the script is just kind of haphazardly thrown together anyway. But whatever the case, a lot of people forgot that this film takes place on Halloween, I think. Which is the main main reason why, like, the Yosemite trip seems so out of maybe, place. Maybe that's why they had to, like, when um, they get to California after showing uh, Dr. Loomis's, uh work partner, the nurse. Yeah. Um, that got killed in uh, back in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And, um, they had to show when they get to California... Like Pasadena, California, wherever the fuck they are. Then like October thirty first, Halloween. Yeah. And then like leaves that obviously don't fucking aren't on the ground in October and in yeah, California. Sorry, sorry, California. Yeah, bristling around <laughs> and it's like just in, cause, just in case you don't know, it's Halloween because you're not gonna see any decorations. You're not gonna see really any hints at it. All you're gonna see is. One trick-or-treat scare from kids, you know, walking by Jamie Lee Curtis in the middle of the fucking day. Yeah. Why are these kids, like, you know, <laughs> not at school? They're, like, walking with their parents, like, down the street while Jamie Lee Curtis is having, like, a introspective thought while she looks into, like, a window of a store and thinks that Michael Myers might be creeping up for her. And then you get that jump scare of Alan Arkin, Adam Arkin. Adam Arkin. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Shows how memorable. <laughs> now, I, I think that, for the most part, though... The film has a really stupid plot. Not only does it have a lot of unnecessary characters and the whole idea of them, the kids going to Yosemite National Park, it doesn't come up at all anymore. It's just a a plot scenario to get most of our other characters like Lori and um, Will, Molly, Charlie, Sarah, and John... All of them have to be alone on campus. That's the only reason. So... In that sense, why do they even set it on a campus? If they have to go so far out of the way to say, like, well, these kids are going to do something, why not just cut that out entirely, have them set at home or something like that? And it's even scary because now Michael Myers has somehow found that she just happens to be living in California. The suburbs of California, yeah. And found her. That's a little bit more scary than if somebody, like, became a headmistress. Like, even then, you don't be- if you want to, like, remain hidden you don't you don't become a headmistress who in this i mean maybe not in 1998 but in this time period or maybe they had like a geosity geosity's uh website or whatever but at this time like now as a headmistress you'd probably have an internet profile you're a public figure you're a public figure your salary is going to be known online you're going to be listed and your picture is going to be there so if anybody's you know michael myers is obviously stock stalking facebook now in in the future but even in, in at that time any sort of internet presence, any sort of like public knowledge of your Existence. accomplishments, yeah. you, you're gonna somebody's gonna find you. So you're not gonna be a headmistress. You're gonna be like a secretary, even though the job is shit and you're not making a lot of money. Hey, at least you're alive. You don't have a giant butcher's knife stabbed through you, like like you know, like the rest of your family. So, yes, the whole school scenario needs to be cut completely. It's so. Unnecessary adds very little to the film, except that it just they spend a good forty five minutes setting up the scenario. Have you noticed that all the films we've done so far are school settings? Yeah, every single one. Urban legend. It's not high school, but it's college. College faculty, high school. I know you did last summer. High school. Yep. Halloween H two O. High school. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's common for slasher film, but at this point, it's the it's the new. Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's in this film. It's just totally unnecessary, considering that for the most part, besides how like Josh Hartnett gets heavy billing in this film, 
it's more Lori's film again. It's it's she is the protagonist in the sense, and it's not like Michael Myers is stalking John. He doesn't really care about. He's I mean John's in the way. John, he'll kill John just because again he's part of the family. Does he know that though? No, I mean he probably not. It's just more kids, and he's like, "Well, yeah. fucking get these kids out of here." Yeah, yeah it's, there's always kids where I'm going. It's that'd be so great. annoying. That'd be great with like like if they come out on the new Halloween and just make it like old man Michael Myers, like goddamn kids. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what he's like because they're always just kind of in the way. All the, he doesn't even really just like just get out of his way, and maybe he won't even kill you. In this film, you see he was able to steal a purse with some car keys in it. Doesn't kill them. Doesn't kill the woman or her child. Really, it's pretty that, much out of character yeah, for him. Wouldn't that be so absurd just to see a kid's <laughs> taking a shit in this rundown? What looks like apparently it's a main highway, but it looks like a fucking dirt road yeah, that's yeah. A, that somebody be running moonshine on and like there has to be and, like and, an abandoned yeah. like uh, bathroom and information yeah. station there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, though that is absurd because what? First of all, you expect like the Duke boys to come like down that road like oh, it looks like the Duke boys are getting chased by boss hunt again. We gotta <laughs> imagine what has Michael been doing? Has he been walking the entire way from Illinois? No, he took that car. Well, he took takes... the, the whole reason he swapped cars is because I'm assuming he was went to take a piss or something. Yeah. Like, like, ah, this old beat up car broke down, and, and then did he have a car in the first place? Yeah, the car they show they show yeah after he leaves Illinois in that uh, like 1970s car and then drives all the way out there. And then when they pull up, you see that car parked there and it's supposed to look like it's broken down. That's why he takes their car. Though to be fair, her, their car looks like they like just hopped like again, like it's grapes oh, or yeah, yes, like grapes yeah. or wrath, a nineteen thirties like pickup like van thing. It's like right. you expect someone to be like, ah, going out to California. Yeah, yeah. That would be actually no, because the movie does go out to like Cal- it'd be great if someone went to uh, like on the way like you got to see Michael Myers trip to California and someone's like, ah, going out to California. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. He does have a car there, so yeah, he does. He is able to get around, I guess, but. It would be just as funny if he was, like, hitchhiking across America to get... Right, killed. right, yeah. I mean, at the same time, you're, that is that would be pretty absurd. Just, like, Michael Myers, like, look at my luck. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. I happen upon somebody who just leaves their car keys and purse sitting out in a toilet stall. I'm just gonna grab it. And in that scenario, like, that almost makes Michael Myers in that scene look really... Not, not even menacing at that point because what he does is he like kind of like runs through, snatches the purse and then leaves. Like and that at that point he's more of a like a purse snatcher, <laughs> and we really never really you never really see Michael run. So like when he like quickly runs by, <laughs> snatches the purse off the ground, it's, it's kind of like a off-putting scenario. For Would him. have been funny if he was like, oh, I got your purse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's. It's it doesn't it doesn't really make sense with his his character at all because he's why why would he stop why would he just not kill at that point why would he I'm just going to take your purse instead it's I don't know it just doesn't make sense for, for him maybe he saw that little boy like oh it looks like me when I was a kid I think it's a girl actually I think it's a girl yeah it's a girl uh, it's her daughter yeah. that looks like a- 
Because she's going in the boys' room. No, she looked like she had like a guy bob cut. Yeah, well, that's probably true for 98. She probably did no, cause that'd be bob like a, cut. That would be like an early 90s thing, not a yeah. late night. But still, I had no idea. No, yeah, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a girl. A little I thought, girl. I thought it was a little boy. Yeah. No. no. But, yeah, I mean, so... Fuck me. <laughs> I just, again, like I said, I, I think... But I think the bigger problem, not just that it's set at a school that's really unnecessary... Not that we focus more on the kids than Lori, even though it's pretty much Lori's story. And the kids really don't have any sort of bearing bearing on the plot whatsoever because most of them get killed. Um, and then after that, John is put out of commission, like being stabbed in the leg. To miss the final act. Yeah, and basically does nothing the rest of the film. Um, but even more than that, even what, what doesn't work more than that is how much the film misses out on at least giving Michael something to do for most of the film for a good chunk, 45 minutes, 50, 60 minutes. He's only a presence, a figment of Lori's mind. And this is an 86 minute film. Yeah. This is, it's not like this is like an hour, 42 hours. No. So, the fact that he's missing for two-thirds, three-quarters of the film... Yeah. It's very much like, well, why the fuck is this a Halloween movie? Yeah, I think... Because, like, we do get that initial scene. That's, like, a generic, um... The killer kills somebody at the beginning to set things off scene. So, you get that. Then you get, again, when he's at the... The, um... Service station, the bathroom. And he steals a purse and doesn't do anything... And then you see him multiple times in Lori's reflections, and at that point, it's explained away. It's either she's been accidentally seeing him as a reflection, it's kind of a hallucination, and she's really seeing Will, or she's seeing somebody who looks like Michael, but it's not really Michael, or it's somebody dressed up in a costume. That all is delegitimizing the threat of Michael Myers. None of that really makes the film tense. And when Michael Myers eventually does come to the, to be a threat in the film, those scenes are not tense at all. It's almost like they have um, negated his presence within Halloween H2O. They've made it so that Michael Myers doesn't even really need to be in this film. It could all be a figment of Laurie's imagination. And that would be just, a much better film. Yeah, it'd because be, it'd be interesting. it almost feels like that's the way this film is going. Because not... Which would be great, like New Nightmare. Like. Exactly, because like in many scenarios, when Lori is seeing Michael Myers in her reflection, it's actually Will Brennan. It's actually yeah. Adam Arkin's character that's in the reflection that's she's seeing. So it almost seems like they're going for this sort of like, well, it's actually not Michael Myers that's going to come for her, but it's it's Adam Arkin's but, character. But at the same time, that'd be like a very like scream like what a twist, you know, like what a twist, you know, like like why what would be um. Anna Markin's motive motive to be like I want you know maybe he's following in Michael's footsteps I don't know like it just at that point I mean I think it would be a little bit more interesting than what we get it would but at the same time like it'd be like you have you got some spray in the doom well, you, you, know? have, you have Kevin Williamson's presence on this film as, as a you know secret screenwriter so it's not out of the question and I'd if, if that's the case, if they it was not intentional to make his character seem just a little bit weird. And he is weird and creepy. And he's weird and creepy. And 
he's constantly being shown as Michael Myers, but it's actually him. What was the point of it? What, you know, why, why do that? Why have that juxtaposition of, you know, oh, it, it looks like Michael Myers, but no, she's just seeing it in a- Adam Arkin's character. Why? I think that's the biggest issue is that, like, there's no, there's never any reason for what is happening in like Halloween a, H2O. It'd be like a very Rob Zombie, like, S twist, like, find out, like, I'm actually a Michael Myers. I am your brother. I, like, incestuous <laughs> relationship. <you know? laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that flies, but, but I think that, you know, there's those, those plot lines and that, that strangeness that doesn't really add up. And it just seems like the script is thrown together and someone was like, mm, let's throw that in there. And maybe she's seeing Michael and other things and, you know, we'll just go with it. Does it make sense? Not really, but let's go with it. But yeah, my biggest, my biggest complaint, um, besides what I haven't talked about yet, which is my biggest complaint, but and I'll talk about that in a second. My get my rant off, but um, my one of my big complaints is that Michael just doesn't have a presence here. It just is. It's just totally unnecessary. It there's no tension whatsoever in it. Um, I don't even think for the mo- like for the most part we don't see any kills on screen. There're very very no. little kills on screen. That's the last one. And um honestly, Steve Miner who does have some experience directing uh slasher films like Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, he just doesn't do much with the tension with Michael Myers as a character. Michael Myers being present should be enough. This should be enough to instill some fear in people who have seen Halloween before, especially the original one, Halloween 1 and 2, maybe 4 and 5. You know, if they've seen those, that should be enough to just have him there as a silent presence. It's where you're feeling the you, tension. It, you would get, you could get away with the whole, he's like not there really doing anything until the very end. If throughout the film, you actually see him like in the first film, like stalking and, mm-hmm. you know, being like menacing from behind the scenes. But they don't do that. No. You just, like, get to see him, like, in, like you said, like, at the road stop, and then, like, driving the car around, kind of like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, you know, what's going on? Mr. Magoo. Sc- yeah, what's going on at the school? Oh, okay. And then, then he just shows up, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you no, know, he's not meant that, you know. Part of a slasher film to work is the killer itself you have to find either be menacing or root for, and you can't do... You're not doing either. No. He, like you said, because he's right. He's literally just there. He's just there. If this, You could easily just call this film something else. And I think that, that that is what surprised me now, watching Halloween H2O and thinking about it when I f- first saw it and stuff, is I kind of remember Michael Myers being more present. But now watching it, you, you see, like, there are almost, there's only a handful of scenes where you can actually even remember what Michael Myers does. There's, you know, some of the, some of the chase sequences where Laurie's alone at the school and obviously when he kills all the teens off, but that's a really, that is an insanely fast moment in the film itself anyway, where, cause they go like, bam, yeah, bam, it's like, yeah. bam, there, there goes, all, <laughs> uh, there goes two of the kids and that's all that happens anyway. This, I honestly th- want to say that Halloween H2O probably has one of the lowest body counts in the series that I can only think of what, Five. No, you got um, the two kids and the nurse in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you got. Oh yeah, that's th- okay. So three, three right so, there. So yep. seven. So no yeah. eight. Eight. I lied because the paramedic. Yep. So eight in the par. Yeah. So that's a very low, actually a low body count. Yeah. I would say, especially for like some of the latter 
Film. Halloween films. Yeah. Um, it's low. Most of those deaths happen off screen. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, which we haven't really talked about yet, but he gets an Anne Billing. He <laughs> in the in the um, in the opening credits. There's there's like four, four of them get Anne. You get Anne introducing Josh Hartnett and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and LL Cool J. Yeah, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets uh probably a minute on screen. A minute. He's on screen for that initial. Intro. Intro, and then he gets killed. Ice skate to the face. Don't see it. Don't you? Don't you? Don't see it. You only see the aftermath, which really is pretty veiled anyway, because it's kind of dark. You can only really see the the face itself, and maybe a little bit of the skate. Um, but that, yeah, him getting a an and credit at the beginning of the film is just basically like, hey, did you watch Third Rock from the Sun? Check this out. He's in there. <laughs> but um. Yeah, that, yeah, Joseph, yeah, that's, that's crazy to me, but, uh, they were just throwing names, like, hope, like, yeah, maybe, maybe someone, like, you know, like, ooh, and like you said, no, you're right, because all he does is he plays, like, stereotypical high school teen douche, he's like, oh, yeah, it's the late 90s, so, hockey's kind of still a thing, right, Mighty Ducks 3, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so, but that's, that's an off-screen death, you have, um, his other friend, Tommy, who I, yep, or Tony, or, yeah, Tony. Tony, off-screen death. Um, you do get to see a little bit of the nurse's death, but it's slight. I mean, you don't really... It's it's not... I mean, it's kind of like just a generic stabbing. Um, and, and then the rest of it, you have Sarah and Charlie, who are pretty much killed off off-screen. Charlie's definitely killed off off-screen. He, he gets his throat slit, but there's nothing really... No, it's just like you yeah. just kind of see it in the elevator after, and Sarah she gets stabbed a, a couple times, but it's nothing. Well, they, but they don't show the stab; they just show like, like a psycho type thing. Yeah, like, you know, the... it, it almost feels like there just wasn't any budget for special effects at this point either, because there there's nothing here that really stands out. So it's very disappointing. The only one you really get to see is um, Adam Arkin getting stabbed, which, by the way. It's fucking hilarious because he gets stabbed and then like Michael Myers with just the butcher's knife in the guy is like deadlifting him like with one hand. This 200 pound man like stabs him in the side is like lifting him up with a knife. The knife, yeah. his arm's not like shaking or anything and the knife's not fucking, you know, breaking. It's awesome. It's fucking hilarious. Th- those are, those are uh, gym goals. <laughs> I work on that I wanna, every... I want to be able to stab somebody yeah. and then lift them up with a knife and, you know, with one hand. I work on that every day I go to the gym. Yeah, but other than, like, even those, not impressive. No, and, and then when Lori at the end cuts off... Michael's head. My, and yeah. An air quote that. Yeah. They don't tell you. No, not in this. Not in this. But film. you know, you that's not Michael. Yeah, well, you know, because obviously, if all the shit he's taking, you think one little sweat, you know, yeah, whack with an axe is gonna lop his head. No, you probably be like a fucking red redwood tree, an oak tree, be sitting there like chopping for, like, hold on, you son of a bit. You know, if when the if a van pins you against a tree after tumbling down a hill, and your fucking intestines were pushed out your asshole. From, like, the, you know, the force of that yeah. impact. And obviously, maybe a whack with an axe to the head. You might, it might, you know, take a couple of... Yeah, that's yeah that's another thing about how the film ends. That's just stupid. If he's not the supernatural Michael, so just the paramedic. Yeah, why, yeah, why... How the fuck does he survive all of that? He's, 
He gets thrown out a window. Crushed larynx. Yeah. Which they, you see in Resurrection. And yes. I'm like, this is how it actually happened. Michael swapped, you know, with the, you know, crushed his larynx so he couldn't talk. And yeah. Which, she, which, by the way, you got a crushed larynx, you're going to be wheezing pretty, like, <laughs> as you know, if you're trying to breathe through your mouth, like, you know, yeah. gasping for air, because you... But I don't know how he would, how a, just a normal paramedic would have survived that. Throwing out the windshield, from what even from what you see in Halloween H2O, thrown out a windshield, run over by a car, or run over by a van, uh, dr- driven off a cliff, van falls on man, pins him to a tree. You wouldn't, you would just be dead. <laughs> just totally dead. Doesn't make sense. But, that's, that's... neither here nor there, because in this film you're just meant to think that it's Michael, so... I guess that's Halloween Resurrections issue. Is that how are we supposed to so believe that? Yeah, to, how to write yourself out of that corner. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I, I just nothing about this is just is impressive or interesting, and that's the biggest problem with Halloween H two O. But my even my even bigger my biggest pet peeve about Halloween H two O is that there's just no fucking Halloween in it. It's just not Halloween whatsoever. Um, there's You see a couple of things. The initial first part does take place on Halloween. And um, a couple jack-o'-lanterns are in, dispersed here and there. There's a drawing on a map that has a jack-o'-lantern on it. And the characters tend to bring it up like inauthentically like why would they say it but like i can't believe this is the first halloween i'm spending together it's like what no one talks like that no one says like this is my first halloween with you no one gives a crap about that sort of thing they're like oh this is your first birthday together this is our first anniversary together but no one's like except for maybe me no one's like this is our first halloween together we've got to make it special i've got to like put the halloween decorations on the wall for you it's fucking weird and it feels like that dialogue's written in so we remember, oh yeah, it is Halloween, it, it is Halloween isn't it? It's October 31st, otherwise known as Halloween. Um, like, like you said, why, why give this film the Halloween franchise name? Why put Michael Myers in it if you're just not even going to adhere to the specific rules of that film franchise? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, money, <laughs> but... At least do a li- go a little bit above try. the Yeah, try. <laughs> try. Like, like at least Leprechaun, like, tr- is, it's not, it's not a good film, but it's trying. It's, it's, I, it's you can my, admire it's, like, it's spirit, because it is, like, you know, like, yeah, it's not good, but it's, it's trying, you know, this, this isn't even trying. It's, it's my, my big, my same pet peeve with other films that use holidays for no reason. Like, I was watching... Scream Factory just recently released the Blu-ray for RoboCop 3. That takes place on Christmas. Why? No reason. No reason why. It comes up... Because of Die Hard. (laughs) It comes up, like, two times that there's some Christmas music and you see a tree or some shit, and it's not even apparent that it's Christmas. It's like, why? What is the point? Why go out of your way to, like, have specific scenes where it's like, yeah, it's Christmas, and then it makes no difference. (laughs) There's no reason for it, and that just makes me angry. It's like, why do it? Why be that specific, and then throughout the rest of the film, just, oh, it actually doesn't really matter. It's the same thing with Halloween H2O. At least try. At least go go for some decorations. 
I don't know if like California is all like we don't really celebrate Halloween. We don't we don't do it big. We don't, no one decorates. No one puts up lights. I don't know, but that I don't get it. I don't get how they can cut out that entire portion of the Halloween franchise. Not like that. They don't even like like you said. They don't even adhere to the rules of this, the franchise. No, not like not just basing it off of you know the actual holiday, but. There's there's no real, you know, there's no real stalking. There's no real tension built at all through um, what's going on in the film. Mm-mm. There's a total misuse and bastardization of the score in this. Yeah, that's another huge issue it, with the film. They just sprinkle about. in at inappropriate times, as you said, you know, Carpenter's theme, like... A bus goes by in here. It's like this point. Like, are you watching a killer bus movie? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking okay. bus is coming. Yeah, and then like when Michael is actually trying to do something menacing, and there's no like. No, no, it's like just like oh, here's a shitty generic you know score of like and music stings like. It's the most. That is. There was no thought put into. No, there's no thought. Like it's almost like somebody assembled the score without watching the film. There's just like little. You know, at one thirty or no, at like one fifteen in the film, we're gonna put this piece of music there. And at you know thirty six minutes, we're gonna put this like little trill on the piano. At this scene, we're gonna have Creed in it. <laughs> yeah, there's no thought to like putting where where to put the score. What happens? Like I said, in no chase sequence with Michael Myers is there any semblance of the original Halloween score. And not only that, there's not really a chase sequence long enough. To- no, to use like the didn't and then let it, yeah, and let it, yeah, and let it yeah. draw out and you know, no, because no, it's like too busy. Like, oh no, the girl's trying to run away because her leg got cut and all. Like within five seconds, Michael's just like stab, stab. Okay, moving on. Yeah, you know, next. Yeah, he's, if anything, he's, he's, Michael's he's, on a mission. Yeah, he's he's Robbie Fisher from Hair, yeah, the Chinese checkers player. After every person he beats, is like next victim. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Like, in some of the other ones, he's, like, actually sort of seeming to have fun with and it. reveling. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, chasing them slowly. No, and this, yeah, and yeah. he's just like, let's just get this over <laughs> with. It's been 20 years. <laughs> it's fucking time to put this to rest now. Um, no. Not, not only, but again, like, not, like going, like, just off, like, the franchise. There's, like, not, like, nothing. Like I said, this could have been, like, you could have done a more serious Halloween film. Because, again, by, you know, four, I wouldn't say is off the rails. Five's off the rails. Five's off the rails. Six is the train's on fire and burning, you know. Not saying technically quality-wise, but I'm saying, like, continuity and where the story was going. Like, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, but, you know. When but, you're pulling Paul Rudd in to a Halloween film, and it's, it's off the rails. And it's about, like, a cult and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, we... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so this, again, so this this is your chance to do a soft reboot. Yeah. To, you know, I agree, and I to, think- and not only that, but to, to do a soft reboot, because again, what a perfect time to do a, re- a soft reboot on this film. It's 20, twenty years later. Twenty years later, yeah. these films are popular again because of Scream, and you know, so well, you could again, perfect time to do a soft reboot. You put in references. No, I'm not saying like, like here's a reference. Yeah, you know, like. But be really smart and clever about it, so other you know, ho- like real Halloween fans will get those bits. Even like like 
You could even put, like, very obvious ones of, like, him, like, peeking around a bush and then, like, disappearing. Like, that would be, like, you know, like, a very, like, oh, here's a... Like, they have, like, one of the references, like, Mr. Sandman. Yep. And I wouldn't really consider that, like, a great reference to Halloween. Because I totally forgot that's in, like, the first film. Because I, I remember more, like, he's the boogeyman, not yeah. Mr. Sandman. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, like, so, like, the references are very few and far between. There's the one. And they're not, and they're not any good. I mean, there's the one where she's, like, only got a closet to go into. Yeah. So she's, like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know? Uh, in that one, even in that though, we do see that scene because they give a flashback to that scene huh. earlier in the film. So it's like, if you missed that, if you, if you didn't even remember that from the other, from the first Halloween, they've got you covered because they're, they want to make sure that that reference is, is known. No, I think the opening credits is supposed to be like, oh, this, you know, nostalgia going down memory lane. Oh, and like, and it's not, it's like fucking shitty newspaper clippings that you really can't read with just generic headlines. Like Loomis obsessed with, you know. Michael Myers killer and and it's not and then with like a very poor like version of like the Halloween theme yeah and like you know just like dubbed over audio of like Loomis talking it's terrible it's not that is not a way to paired with PowerPoint credits yeah so it, it's it's not done well at all like after like you can have him like brutally murder these people and like the cops show up like well, I guess he's back. And then you could have, like, you know, go, like, to the traditional, hot, like, you know, the first two films. Like, have the jack-o'-lantern, and that would be, like, cool. That would be, like, all right, you know, now we're, you know, getting back into it. Not this campy, like, mm. Miramax presents newspaper clippings. Well, reading the original, like, what the pr- production notes were for How Many H2O and what, what they hoped that it would be, getting John Carpenter back, getting um, Jamie Lee Curtis back, Really trying to, not maybe not ju- not just a soft reboot, but at least do a sort of reunion. It's clear that that did not occur. John Carpenter didn't really want to be a part of this film after they wouldn't pay him his his fees and um, everything else like that. So you kind of have to imagine that at that point when the the reunion part of this started to fall apart. Not only that, Donald Pleasance is dead. Donald Pleasance is dead. Yep. Um, when the reunion part of this started to fall apart, you can kind of see where they didn't really know where to go from here. And also, I you have to kind of imagine that John Carpenter was really hesitant to give the film the rights to the the score at all. So it almost seems like John, like something in the contract was like, you can use the score, but it can't be within any scene where michael's chasing after it can't you know it can't be reminiscent of the original halloween it, you can't have a a score that uses my music in the tense scenes that i did i already did i, I don't want to be remembered with this shit exactly so it's like <laughs> instead of putting that in in chase sequences or something uh we'll just use it so that people recognize it but we're going to use it like when there's a bus going by when the kids are eating lunch <laughs> yeah when ki- kids are eating lunch or or something like that it's, it's a very I have to imagine that that's what happened because otherwise it makes no sense why someone would flub that so much. Even somebody who knows nothing about soundtracks would and just knows a small amount of Halloween. If they were if they were to be asked like for this new Halloween movie, like what would you put during a chase scene? This would be like the original Halloween score. What what else would you put there? Well, well, so iconic. Well, not only that, like you said, you don't have to be like a soundtrack uh, composer and putting it all together to like to know like if you watch this film like music doesn't really fit with what's going on yeah it's just it's just like it's just like 
it totally, like, you know. Yeah, when there, it totally looks like it was a last minute thought and like, oh shit, we forgot to add music. The tense sounds in the, the original score used when the kids are like getting on the bus to leave Yosemite is some of the, the most awkward and unnecessary moments because nothing happens at that scene. Jamie Lee Curtis is making a phone call. Uh, kids are leaving on a school bus. The school bus is pulling away. Nothing bad happens to those kids on the school bus because they're going to Yosemite. They're going to have some some fun camping with their friends. Nothing bad happens to them. Why is there a tense <laughs> score there? It totally <laughs> offsets the mood. And that, it doesn't put the viewer in like a tense mood or anything. It, it just makes them question you like... Should, Michael Myers is going to get on the bus and go camping with him. Yeah, it just it just makes you question like, why did this come out of left field? But I think another... Uh, big thing with um, how this film just really misses out on pretty much every sort of every cue that it can is just all of those scenes that are misused and not generating tension like why show all of the stuff with Jamie Lee Curtis talking to the entire school it adds nothing. It just... They're just so... It's just pushed into this film for no reason. Just totally Because remember, if you do sex... If you have sex and you do drugs and drink booze underage, you're... you're the boogeyman's gonna that's get right, you. That's right, that's right. You know. It, this film I mean, even misses out on the nudity. There's just none there either. Well, it is a 90s one, so they don't... You know, yeah, they don't. still... There's not in Scream. No. There's not in I Know What You Did Last Summer. No. There's it's not true. an urban legend. Though they talk about, you know, swallowing cum. Yeah. And it's swimming around in their stomach. <laughs> the faculty's got some, though. That one's got you covered. But, oh, man. Just, yeah. Just all around perplexing decisions in Halloween H2O. The casting is a very... Yeah, it's very strange. Getting LL Cool J in there, I guess, was probably one of the best decisions they made. I'm not... You wouldn't really expect that, but I, he is at, he at least is a little bit funny. It's the, pretty much the only humorous aspects of the film. And he, I, I don't know, I guess... The only, he seems like he's the only one that's actually having fun on this film. True. Nobody a- acting on this film looks like they care about this at all. No. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis almost seems like she was late on her rent. She needs that money. Yeah. That's why she's there. And and her her guzzling vodka does not seem out of place in this film. It probably (laughs) wasn't in the script. She just just happened to bring it on set one day and just like, Jamie, what are you doing? Shut up. She's like, (laughs) okay. Adam Arkin has to kiss my breasts. Okay. uh, I'm going to need the vodka. Yeah, and as we said, like, Adam Arkin, it's like, what did he put in the script? Like, I want to kiss Jamie Lee Curtis at every opportunity. (laughs) Because he, like, is full blown throughout, like, Every scene with her, like, just not, like, a kiss, a kiss. Like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like a full-blown fondling yeah, like, at like, every moment. Yeah, I'm going to squeeze your tit, twist it a little, tease and twist it a little bit while yeah. I'm, you know, giving you a hickey. That good? No. Okay, we're good. That's Well, it's in my contract, so. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's a bordering on groping, and it's an uncomfortable <laughs> experience. <laughs> Certainly uncomfortable. There should be an interviewer to ask her that, like, you know. 
Like, yeah, like she goes to like yeah. one of the cons for like Halloween. Yeah. Like, so Jamie Lee Curtis, what was it like having you know Adam Arkin fondle you in Halloween H two O? Was that pleasant? Was that scripted? Did he just do it? <laughs> <laughs> he just did it. Was it because it's the nineties? So you're like, I can't say anything. I'll just let this go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh Hartnett is like in the faculty, miserable, forgettable, and not yeah. barely in it. But also at the same time, I would say in the compared to the faculty, though he's so much better in that. And it's yeah. not. Like, and he's yeah. not like he's even great in the faculty. He's one of the worst actors in the faculty. Yeah. But this, he's even worse. Like he's just. They're like they're all wooden. All the teens are terribly wooden. You know, uh, Michelle Williams is just like, uh, you know, I'm kind of here again. Yeah, unmemorable. And I think that's has more to do with the script. It's just that they didn't really know what to do with teenage characters in this. They just it was kind of like at odds with the rest of the plot, and so it was like, well. Instead of focusing on one or the other, they had to split their attention between the two and. At that point, it was like, what, what? We can't. We don't. There's no theme to this now. It's like, what do we do with this? I don't know. But yeah, I, out of all, out of everyone in here, the only one that's memorable is L. Cool J. Yeah, just because he's funny, and he looks like he is actually enjoying, uh, you know, playing the role. Like he's like, okay, my rap career is basically essentially over. I. Gained like fifty pounds. I'm no longer the rip dude I once was because I've been eating too many Doritos. Those new 3D Doritos, the jalapeno cheddar ones. You kids remember those 3D Doritos, right? And the mini M and M's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much the same trajectory that Buster Rhymes would have, just not too much longer in Halloween Resurrection. Ice Cube. Yeah. Early, but you know, he wasn't making good. Well, I mean. Early 90s, making good movies. Friday, Boys in the Hood. Early 2000s, rap career is basically not what it used to be. You know, are we there yet? (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be Ice-T. He was on Law & Order SVU. Moving on to Law & Order SVU. It's not a bad gig. No, it's not. But then you again, know if you're on like again, a Law and Order show, you've got a SV... 15, good 15 season run. I was going to say, though, to be fair, SVU compared to the original, which, by the way, a little off topic, but a lot of people, most people like SVU more than the original Law and Order. I love Law, the original much more than it's SVU. It's more set in the courtroom. I Well, no, it's both procedural. Yeah. And, but I mean, I think it's a better show. One, because Sam Watterson, Hang Him High McCoy is always going to be, you know, Brilliant, but anywho, I mean SVU though. I mean that's kind of like one. Uh, it's such a clusterfuck with the characters because there's just so many fucking you know. Yeah. So many of them. They're like Richard Belzer's there. Why? He's just there. True. You know, True. And the same with Ice T. Why is Ice T here? He's he's just there. You know. But anywho, yeah. But yeah, there's no one, no one in this film that's like memorable at all. You literally could just take Jamie Lee Curtis out and just put generic, you know, middle-aged female lead in this, and you like, oh, like have it instead of you know, Meg Ryan's coming off one of her romantic comedies like Sleepless in Seattle. Time to do Halloween now. Pop her in there. Yeah, just no. now. Before we give this a rating, mm-hmm. two more years. Mm-hmm. Halloween H four O. <laughs> yeah, I... and this time they get it right. Like make make that the tagline. We promise we'll get this right. 
Halloween H four O. That now that's a really terrible. Uh, but no, I mean there is the Halloween reboot sort of thing coming out, which I do have some expect. I mean, I think it could be good. The poster's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it could. Lot, be- but then again, a lot of those like like those reboots that are coming out, like with like Elm Street and stuff. Yeah, posters look cool. That, yeah. That's kind of like already suckering me in. But at bit. the it's same like- time, like that's that's become a like an art design almost. It's like, well, you every every people can make cool posters now. No, no, I know that because like, again, yeah. no, I trust me, I know that because like Ghost in the Shell's poster, this like that's really cool. Looking. Yeah, I know it's not gonna be you know yeah what so thing, but-, but I do have some. I I think it could be good. I think you know a new Halloween could be good. Oh, so. Rob Zombie's not involved, so it's true. Oof, thank fucking God. Who knows? Maybe that'll be the Halloween H4O that you're talking about. Could be. That would be a miserable... That would be a very miserable name. It would be. Yeah. You need something better than that. Something better. All right. So, on a scale of 1 to 10... Um... Tumultuous melons. (laughs) What do you give... Halloween H2O. A four. Yeah. This is a fucking I, I think I pretty, boring. Much, I pretty much agree with that. This yeah. is a boring, miserable film. As we talked this, about... This, this, this is just like... I know, uh, I know what you did last summer, because I, I gave that a four, too. And how I thought after watching that, it's a terribly boring and miserable film. After watching both of these, there's no nostalgia. I, ha- I had much more nostalgia for I Know What You Did Last Summer. But, like, after... It, I still had some for this one, but after watching both of them, they're just miserable, terrible, low-rent slasher films that, if it wasn't for the time period, this would be, like, directed to like, VHS shit. Right. This is bad in every sense of the word. And I almost think, because it's, and you would think, because it's only 86 minutes, that it would be like, oh, it would be, like, a nice, easy watch. No, it's a chore. Mm. It's pretty, It's a chore to get through, and I think... If they soft rebooted it, made it an homage to the original, brought back most of the cast, you know, played with the, so they had, so like I said, they had a good idea with like making it about her in the future and stuff, mm-hmm. but focus more on that, focus more on building the tension. I would say make it longer too. I think that's, that's also a thing that hurts the film is the fact that it's so short, there's no time for the character development and there's no time for the actual slasher stuff. So it just, it's all just smashed together and smashed in there. So yeah. I think it would ha- definitely have to be longer. May- probably in this instance, it'd have to be 100 minutes to explain how Lori got to where she is now, how she is with her family, how Michael's out again, what he's actually doing, and then like the, you know, tension. Touch on, yeah. like we brought up, or like we saw as a goof, kind of a goof, is that Jamie has never. From four yeah, and they five, like, they yeah, just, so, just kind of forgotten. Yeah, four, five, and six is basically like, yeah, it never happened. Yeah, kind just of ignore them. Gone. Just yeah, like they're they're with three now. Yeah, <laughs> they're with three. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much a given. Like three never happened for a Halloween <laughs> film, but but yeah, four and five are are gone too, and and pretty much six. I mean, none of the cult aspect of six is here <laughs> at all. It's like probably at that point they were like, yeah, we're we're getting, <laughs> we're getting rid of that. That's not Maybe canon. that's not a not good canon. idea. Yeah. You know, we were trying to pull a Jason goes to hell, but it didn't quite yeah. work out. Not canon there. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I would probably give it a four. Um, 
I definitely think that it's, I think it's worse than I know what you did last summer. Um, I don't have nostalgia for Halloween H2O either. Although I, I love the Halloween series. This film is just not, just not good at all. And it's rated a 51 on Rotten Tomatoes. True. Yeah. I don't know where those came from. 51. And people say it's one of the best, so, if not the best sequel. That's sad. Well, some of the older reviews that are included on Rotten Tomatoes, they don't get rated accordingly. Uh, so it could be like an error with accumulating the, the yeah, reviews. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it may be a lot lower than that. But when you, still, like, that's into it. like, yeah, I don't know what's, what's on IMDb right now. I'm kind of curious to look back and see how it was, um, rated and reviewed. Yeah. Five, se- yeah 5.7 on IMDb. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see like how it was rated and reviewed. But I mean, at the same time, on IMDb, Halloween 4 gets a 5.9, um, Halloween 5 gets a 5.2, and I would say it's Halloween 5 is way better than Halloween H2O. Um, the Curse of Michael Myers gets a 5, and uh, Halloween Resurrection comes in at 4.1. Well, it's 2. Uh, 2 gets a 6.6. Yeah, see, they're wrong. And Halloween 3 gets a ridiculous 4.6 way underrated people who who never didn't watch the movie yeah way underrated on that one but yeah I mean it is surprising with the 51% but at the same time I really am curious to see how this was reviewed this did feature a Creed song so maybe that boosted the score a little bit back in the time this is like before Creed was really big too yeah this was uh, this was this one has um, what's the song called uh Creed song? Yeah, what's the Creed song? Generic yeah. Scott Stapp. Yeah. I, I can't remember what it was called. Like, like, no. like Christian. Uh, yeah, I can't. Christian like Pearl Jam music is what Creed. But like, it, except not as good as Pearl Jam at all. But uh, I don't know. It's it's whatever it is. It ties in with the theme because it's something about like dying or death or something like that. But it's yeah, it's super cheesy. In the fi- when it's used in the, in the film because it actually does get an appearance like during the film and then it also ends with the credits so before Maybe the-, the Halloween theme yeah that's right yeah <laughs> Creed gets comes in before the Halloween theme maybe that's the reason for the boosted score though at the time what would you think of that drumming on that Creed song oh it was terrible <laughs> tuned totally poorly horrible yes yes Creed whenever Snare Creed drum- shows up in a in a film. In the soundtrack, you know, like, you're in for a bad time. I remember with Scream 3, at, uh, when renting it on the VHS after the movie, you could st- stick around at the end of the VHS and the credits, you could see Creed's video, What If. Are they featured in Scream 3, or yeah, was well, it just yeah. on the soundtrack? No, it's, it's, it's I think it's featured, because, in the film, because again, like, it's, because it's, yeah, I think the end credits is one, because it's during the end credits... And then you get the music video at the end. The whole music video is like is, is from Scream. Like you got Ghost Face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do know. Yeah, like Scott Stapps sitting st- standing on a car. Like, what if? It's funny. Well, that's funny too because like Scream soundtracks, they do not hold up. Like looking back or like coming back to them now is they do have a lot of cringy songs. Uh, it very much. No, 90s. I think that no, but I think that makes that that's like enjoyable. Though, <laughs> like that. Like, You're like, oh yeah. Com- yeah, you know, like this doesn't ha- this has Creed and that's it, and that's like oh, that's what makes it cringy because it's not like uh, a bunch of 
you know, Scream has a bunch of them, so it makes it more, yeah, you know, acceptable. <laughs> so he has Creed. It was like, hey, can you throw us in there? Like Urban Legend has like Offspring and or, yeah, you know, a bunch that of them. That one's at least a little more fun. Yeah, right? so it's like you can have fun with that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, like you know, like a bunch of them. Like that's great. But if it's like a just like oh, it's just like an Offspring song from like. You know, the kids aren't all right. And I go, okay, I remember that. And then you move on. I feel like there's something going on with Creed in this film. Because, <laughs> like, even in that scene where they're listening to Creed, it's kind of a weird time to be listening to Creed. They're supposed to be having a romantic moment with candles lit and everything. And they're listening to this Creed song. S- songs about Jesus. It's not really a, It's not really an appropriate time for the Creed song. Um but it's like no, it's very I'm, much featured. I I'm almost surprised that someone was like I like I wasn't like I like the song, man. What is it? You know, because it feels almost like it's an advertisement for like Creed's new album coming out. <laughs> you know what would have been an appropriate song for that? Song from Leprechaun Two when the kids are like watching the TV. Yeah. <laughs> because that's at least like kind of like you know downbeat like romantic like. Yeah. Early '90s rock, so that would like it would have fit perfect. Like, yes, so good. Great. Good soundtrack choices all around <laughs> for Halloween H two O. All right, anything else you want to add before we close this out and end our official '90s slasher month? No, I think said everything that can be said. Alrighty, <laughs> next week we're gonna be back with it's it's still a '90s slasher film. And it is we're we're calling it a bonus episode, I guess. We haven't announced it. Not going to announce it here. Um, the hint that I gave is we have mentioned this film before. We have mentioned our interest in covering it, and uh, you can head back to some of our older podcast episodes and and listen and try to let us know what you think the film is that we're going to be covering. Um, normally, I do put out the image for the podcast episode like a day or two before it, it goes up. So, I don't know if I'm going to do that this time. What do you think? Should I do that? Should I put it out early? Or should I wait? You can do whatever you think's right. I think I may put it out early. So, I may do it like uh, next Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I'll put out the, the image so that you can kind of have a, have a clue as to what's coming out for the episode. Um, but we're not announcing it any earlier than that. So, let us know what you think it is. And uh, we'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Um, You can check us out on iTunes. That's where uh, mostly everybody listens to our podcast. But if you have any other kind of podcast app like Stitcher or um, SoundCloud or anything else, we're we're on all of those. If you have like a Google or Android phone, we also are on the Google Podcast app. So anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, we're up on there. Um, Leave us a, a nice review. If you can, in a, in a five-star rating, we really appreciate that. You can check us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Like us on there. Comment. Do what, do what you got to do on our Facebook page. It's open for you. Um, we're on Twitter at Blood and Black Rum. Give us a tweet, shout out, follow us. Um, I, I do follow back. So <laughs> if you're looking for followers... You got me. Um, we have a, a website. It's bloodandblackrumpodcast.wordpress.com. Head out on over there. You can listen to all of our podcast episodes. We also have some um, some advertising on there. 
and some sponsors that do help us fund the podcast. So if you have any interest in a beer of the month club, you can join up through that and um, we get a cut of that profit as well. So we appreciate that. Um, We, you know, we have a couple other uh, sponsors as well. So click on those and that that helps us out uh, to keep this podcast running. We also have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast. That is a donation and you can donate uh, every month. Um, That helps us out with podcast fees as well. Uh, So we appreciate anything that you can give for that. And um, finally, you can email us blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, if you have any suggestions for us, let us know any movies that you want us to cover. And also, um, you know, just give us some feedback. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, and we'll make some changes to the to the uh, podcast format. So let us know. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to officially end the 90s slasher month with the secret episode. But for now, take care. See you later.